Welcome to Web of Resonance. I'm Teresa Carmody with Elemental Journeys. And I am Ken the Rune Walker. Welcome. <laughs> so I've been having so, quite an interesting week. Uh, yes. Been doing a lot of underworld journeys and going down into the shadows and journeying with the trees. Uh, I feel like uh, I am honing my shadow work for uh, the days ahead. Um, yeah, we had a, a brief conversation a couple days ago about that. And, um, I feel like, um, I feel like it's an interesting place. I've been driving by myself today. So I've had a lot of, um, just that kind of alone time moving, which is good meditation type uh, space for me. So what, um, what, what has your experience been? Well, I think that, uh, you know, when you, when you do shadow work, uh, when you go down into the dark places, when the dark calls you, um, oftentimes for me, what I'm experiencing is I'm going down through my roots and, uh, a lot of what's been happening the last week is uh, I keep going deeper and deeper. I feel where I'm connected to other trees. So I've been journeying with the trees and I've been feeling where my roots are connected to other trees and where my roots go deeper and what starts to fall away. Um, I think our episode a few weeks ago uh, where I was having like a personal struggle, I think is often what you first encounter when you go into the shadow realms is you encounter those personal things that are unresolved and actually uh, become obstacle to you being able to go deeper, or at least they become obstacle yeah. for me going deeper until I resolve them. Um, and so uh, I, th I think it's, it's very interesting, the timing of that coming up when it did right before I was asked to take the plunge. Um, and uh, I think part of what I'm honing is the work that I've always kind of been drawn to and what I think as a collective, we have opportunity to do now, just like you said, you know, when you're shut in, when you're alone, uh, you can distract yourself only for so long. And eventually um, you either kind of spin out or you decide to go deeper. Yeah. Um, and and for and that can be a little <laughs> scary in the beginning. I will say uh, this: I've I've been doing my own personal shadow work for decades, and it still scares me. I don't think there's ever a time yeah. where it doesn't scare me or doesn't scare people who are doing it uh, because that is actually part of the shadow work is when you go into the shadows, you face your fear. Um, and yeah. uh, in my experience, both with myself and with working with other people, uh, we get very resistant about facing that fear or, uh, you know, even our spiritual communities kind of teach that fear is the enemy. Um, but my experience is if I treat it that way, it actually screams louder at me. It gets a lot worse. 
Um, and so if I'm willing to, you know, go to the place where it is and sit with it and be with it and befriend it, uh, it usually, uh, it gives me gifts of wisdom and it also quiets its voice and allows me to go even deeper and connect even deeper to um, realms that uh, would otherwise be beyond my reach. Yeah. Um, and for me, uh, even ideas or I like, I like realms. Uh, I think, uh, understandings or, um, places that I would never have gone, uh, normally if I, if I hadn't gone down the rabbit hole, so to speak. Um, and for me, it can be, uh, slightly confusing sometimes because, um, I do allow, <laughs> uh, I do allow my head or my ego to kind of take control. Like, um, I'm purposefully, um, will do Runewalker, uh, podcast when I'm tired and exhausted and hungry at the end of the day, uh, because it actually allows me to, my brain kind of doesn't work uh, that well. So it allows me to, to, to feel things a little differently, a lot differently sometimes. So, um, I did that today too. Like I, it's been a while. And, uh, so I'm, uh, and sometimes it's a little bit harder for me to, uh, voice what is um, happening. Well, I think that, uh, for me, uh, you know, people fight things that they don't understand and you cannot understand the shadow realm. It's a mystery. You can process it, you can get to know it, but getting to know it and understanding it are not the same thing. Um, for me, what I notice is, you know, understanding is a function of the intellect. It is our consciousness, our light and when you bring your light into the darkness, which is what psychology teaches we should do, it's what many spiritual traditions teach we should do, the dark is no longer dark. And so you are imposing something upon the dark and not accepting it as it is. Therefore, you can't come to know it. And so yeah. to me, a lot of times, uh, the confusion that happens, the lack of understanding that happens when you go into the shadow realms is actually part of how you can identify you're being called by the shadows because they are not calling you to understand them. They are calling you to have an emotional connection with them, to empathize with them and get to know them uh, for who they are, not who you see when you shine your light on them. Yeah. So who have you met this week? Well, um, that's, uh, part of that is part of being in the shadow realms is that, uh, I am respectful of them and that I don't always bring that kind of information back. Um, Part sure. of it is that they just simply, uh, I don't ide identify them with words or concepts. I identify them by how they feel. And when I first mm -hmm. encounter them, 
I'm usually afraid because they're unknown. But as I spend time with them, I get to know them in a way that is not about knowing them with my mind or having words or form to them. I know them in my heart. And so, uh, you know, what I've been getting to know, especially the last week, are all of the beings who are down there and uh, have been waiting and are willing to connect with me if I will just be willing to descend blind without knowing, without understanding, and with courage to walk into the mystery. what do you think it takes to get to that point like um if we're talking about this and people want to go deeper like uh what i mean what does that look like you know you and i've had discussions about this but what you know for me it seems to be um <laughs> breaking point <laughs> um i almost saw it as like when a seed like begins to like the little bean sprout that you did in elementary school when that you start to see that sprout like it splits open the outer shell of the seed and usually that's for me what happens is it just kind of builds and builds and builds until it it releases and i kind of um i don't want to say grow past it but i can experience things beyond that membrane yeah i think that um the people that i know that do really impeccable uh shadow work those who really have integrity about the shadow work that i feel that they do um have been doing it for um generations Uh, So they are well-practiced. Some of them are legacies. Some of them just have many lifetimes of cultivated practice. Um, So it's one of the reasons why I think I'm called to be a shadow worker is because I know that uh, when I first started to descend into the shadow realms from this life, I had no sources of support. Um, And so for me, I kind of committed at that time, should I ever encounter people who are going through what I've been through, I want to help them. And because I made that commitment, it has meant a lifelong practice of doing that work myself. And so uh, when you ask, well, what does it take? Initially, I actually think, uh, well, first of all, I think it takes will. I think that is a place where uh, the will is exercised really, really well. Um, To say you have courage to go into the shadows, you're going to find out pretty quickly. You're only going to go down so many feet before you find yourself terrified. So, you know, courage is built from descending, facing the fear, and then uh, returning. Um, 
And so I think the first thing is probably finding someone who knows the realms that you need to travel to and have them hold space for you while you do it. Um, it's nice to have a sitter. That's something that's pretty common uh, with practices like holotropic breath work or ayahuasca ceremony is that, um, you know, to do it in ceremony, you actually have someone who administers the medicine and sits with you while you are in your process so they can assist you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I've had several friends go through that process where, I mean, one friend for like a year did, uh, did that and had somebody come over and sit with them the entire time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything else about that situation other than I've, I've have heard of that and I have experienced that once before myself. So. Hmm. What do you want to talk about, about shadow work? Hmm. Uh, I think because there is so much that I could say, and it's so active right now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. That what I would say is instead of me deciding, I'd, I think I'd like to throw my cards to find out uh, what the shadow realms would like to say. Yeah. Do Alrighty. it. Are you going to cast runes mm. with me? Um, yeah, I'm going to pull. Yes. And what is, what are you pulling for? Um, uh, I think you and I spoke the other day and this is what just came to my mind was uh, I'm, I just want one rune um, and I just want, I want to see where that takes me. Okay. In with, with this um, current energy and conversation. Okay. So uh, we're pulling for two different intentions, which I don't think is a problem at all. Um, I just okay. want to acknowledge that we are because that may play a part in uh, what information we receive and how we try to find resonance in it. Okay, yeah. interesting card <laughs> what did you get lovers. really yeah. okay not one i i actually thought would come up i mean not the first thought i right, had I guess. because most people think love only happens in the light but love is really love until it's tested by the dark 
that's what the honeymoon phase is. Honeymoon phase is when love is all light and wonderful. Uh, love deepens as you walk through life with your beloved, encountering life events and rough things, and you um, you reaffirm your bond. Uh, that's one interpretation. Another interpretation is from the shadow realms, what I'm hearing them say is uh, the way to um, the way to face your fear is to embrace it. The way to face your fear is to learn how to love it. Um, and that when you do, then the light and the dark are integrated through the power of love and you grow as a result. Yeah, I I also like what you said earlier about um, creating relationships with those beings um, and partnerships almost like uh, and getting to know them kind of speaks to that as well. I think a little bit with that. Well, I uh, I'm stumbling a little bit with the word partnership, uh, and I think it's because of what I do hear sometimes in the witchy community about having spirit allies, and how those spirit allies are sometimes treated as um, beings that uh, it's it's almost like a business exchange. I'll offer you what I what you want whether it's like blood sacrifice or ritual or whatever. Um, and you will do my bidding. Um, I think those kind of partnerships in these realms can and do happen, uh, but they are not what I'm talking about and certainly not what the lover's card is talking about. This is about relationships that are truly of the heart and challenge us to grow in our love uh, because what we encounter is often fearful, and if we shined the light on it, it would appear scary to us. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it's the mythos or the archetypal story that's contained in Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't quite so pretty uh, until it was Disneyfied. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what'd you get? Oh, okay. Let me ask you one question before I do that. And it was a question that came up when you were talking about the lover's card. Okay. Um, the there was an impression of flipping the lover's card over. And like, um, I don't know if that means like, you mean like upside the, down or you mean face down? Uh, face down. Okay. Like what's like what there was something about like, yeah, I don't know. On my cards on this deck, I use uh, the Tarot of the Hidden Realms and it's a Fey deck. And the design on the back of the cards is uh, a bit Celtic naughty, uh, but it's of a dragon. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I think I forgot that. I think I've seen those before. 
Okay. Probably. And, you know, unless you look kind of close, it looks like vines. Um, I mean, they're, they're gray, so it would be like drawn in pencil. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's very much like a Celtic knot. It's very much like a vine, uh, but there's a very definite, uh, dragon face in there, or at least there is to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. I'm going to sit with that. Um, okay. So, uh, I pulled, um, Ava's, which is the rune. Um, connected to the U-Tree. Um, one of those runes that um, sometimes people say as above, so below, because if you look at it, it's if you were to cut it in half horizontally, it's the roots and the branches. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then I feel like there's a, for me, a balance at the moment of (laughs) like enjoying life um, and enjoying, uh, like choosing to uh, have these uh, moments that are happy and all of those things, but it's very easily, it's very easy to be uh, distracted by that all the time. And it's very easy to um, forget the, the roots. So now let did go to Ireland the first time. Um, I had a little bit of whiskey and started down a journey. Um, and it took me to a place that was a really interesting final point for me to come to. And that was, and it's, it's maybe even a little bit hard for me to describe now because it was six or seven years ago, but the point of where nothing, nothing matters unless I, unless I'm choosing for it to matter to me kind of thing. Um, but what happened was, um, it took me to kind of a, a deeper place, a darker place of, okay, well, I'm actually in control of my action. It's me in charge of it. And um, I feel like that's one of the things I've been thinking about today with our whole current climate is that currently um, we, we do have the opportunity I think to see in some cases immediately a benefit from us interacting with the environment differently, with um, each other differently, Um, mostly the environment (laughs) with some of the, you know, the dolphins in Venice, those kind of things that are like, oh, these things can really happen and we can control our interaction with it. Um, and one of those, one of the things that I'm coming to for myself is that those, um, that it really is about, uh, oh God, the word would be, 
um, uh, like it, um, oh shit. <laughs> What's the word? Uh, like, uh, I am respons responsibility. Jeez. I'm responsible for my actions and how I interact. And that is not just, oh, I, you know, took out a car loan. And so I have to pay that back. It's even more. It's, it's looking at the impact that we do have as a collective. And I think trying to shift that a little bit. Well, I think the shift that the shadow realm says is um, uh, it's good if you take responsibility, but um, you must develop empathy. I mean, there will be some people who get through this particular crisis just fine. There won't be a problem for them. It'll be an inconvenience, um, but it won't be devastating. There will be a vast majority of others who this could be very devastating for them whether it's because they lose a loved one to the illness or because they lose, lose their livelihood or, um, uh, you know, who knows, uh, you know, what that could be. Um, and I think that, um, it, you know, to me, that's part of don't bring your light into the darkness, go into the darkness, allow yourself not to be able to see because it requires you to come into a state of knowing that's not about sight. It's not about understanding. It's not even about choice. It's simply about feeling and feeling and learning how to uh, recognize and cultivate a vocabulary and a language around feelings uh, because uh, most of us are emotionally very not intelligent and that once you start to learn the language of your own emotions, only then can you really develop empathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's not something we're uh, super taught. I mean, well, I, I don't know about you, but I was always taught that, you know, I got lots of messages that I was too sensitive and I needed to grow a thicker skin and I was too emotional. And my experience as an empath was that I was growing up around people who were not carrying their emotional baggage. <laughs> they were not doing, you know, to use your word, they were not taking responsibility for their own emotional content. And it had an impact on me that they didn't. And I think that if, if we're going to talk about responsibility, to me, that's the responsibility is um, it's not a responsibility just about actions. It's a responsibility about uh, a different way of knowing that we have, uh, at least in the Western world, decided uh, that I think, therefore I am. And so thoughts and the intellect have been privileged while emotions have always been looked down on or dismissed. 
it's part of the patriarchal system too. It's, you know, we have a split that men are much more rational than women are. Women are emotional and very irrational, unpredictable. So, um, I was just thinking about, um, create like, uh, so me growing, I was, mine was in my memory, uh, my grooming was more of a, of a, in a physical way, like you don't do that or you do that. Um, which was interesting. I, I don't think I had gone through what, what, what you had gone through. I don't think (laughs) there are things I could have forgotten. Um, but well, I only went through what I went through because I was an empath, because I am an empath. Yeah. And because I'm a highly sensitive person, that's my temperament. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't something that was created. That was something that I was born with. As a matter of fact, for people who have been called too sensitive, if they have not found it yet, there's a beautiful book called The Highly Sensitive Person, where a psychologist really kind of... Uh, poses the question or at least um she's asserting that uh at least in psychological jargon there have only been three temperament styles that children are born with they're easy slow to warm or difficult and she really proposes that those who have been labeled difficult in the past have been treated that way and that they are more likely this highly sensitive type so that they appear difficult because they are responding to stimulus in the environment that maybe their caregivers cannot sense. Mm. Wow. And so I, I highly recommend that if anybody's listening and they've always felt like, um, you know, they, they were misunderstood or been told that they were too serious or too sensitive. I highly recommend that book. There's a lot of, uh, I found it to be very validating and very supportive of what my experience was. Which is uh, necessary, especially when we don't talk about it. Uh, You you know, that's something that like we've mentioned, like you just don't, or I've thought before, you just don't talk about it. Or I've been told like, we don't talk about our emotions. We don't talk about those type of things, which is, doesn't help the situation. Well, it's the kiss of death for an empath, because if yep. you're not going to talk about that level of reality, then you're not talking about the place I live. <laughs> and it also means that in your, deni- in your denial of that place, then I'm alone <laughs> in that place. Yeah. Uh, and for my family, anyway, I did a lot of emotional uh, processing and heavy lifting for members of my family who could not or would not um go into those places hmm. um so 
maybe shift topic for just a minute. Okay, dope. Um, so in the topic of shadow work, do you what do you think about work? Is that something? That well, I. I actually think what we were just talking about is deeply connected with shadow work because I think currently uh, emotional reality is in the shadows. Oh, yeah. I think we try to, uh, not me because I don't write prescriptions, but (laughs) I definitely think that it's prescribed out of people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, and, uh, And I think that collectively... Uh, at least in this culture, I can't really say what it's like in other parts of the world that I have not been or don't have experience with. Yeah. But uh, at least in this part of the world, um, uh, emotions are denied to the point that we are repressing them. And that's what puts them in the shadows. So a lot of what will show up in the shadows. And I'm not talking about now the deep roots that when I've been on the journeys with the trees, what I'm encountering down there, I'm talking about uh, the personal stuff that I've repressed into the shadows that I have to clear or resolve in order to have uh, clear passage into uh, the roots or the depths. Yeah. And right now, our emotional way of interacting with one another and of knowing the world uh, we have repressed our emotions to the point where, um, uh, you know, when I start to work with someone just about dropping into their heart and dropping into the multifaceted emotional um, landscape that that actually is, unless they're dropping into their heart and only experiencing love, uh, it scares the hell out of them. <laughs> And don't have the language, right? Um, because there's not a way. Mm, I don't have the words, or even a way to even convey it <laughs> telepathically or energetic. Energetically, it just is. Well, you can't communicate telepathically until you do. So that's one of the messages the trees have been giving me is that as I go down into the roots and clear my own obstacles and go deeper and deeper and start to feel where my roots are connected to other trees and going deeper and deeper and what falls away and what shows up, um, that cannot be possible. That that to me is you're deep now in the unconscious realm, which is where telepathic communication happens, and you can't you can't even begin to get there um, without cultivating that emotional way of knowing, that language, and the empathy that is required. There is no telepathic communication without empathy. Yeah. Because there's no connection right. without empathy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Where does telepathy okay, you know, we watch TV and people will put their little fingers to their temple and think something and 
that's our visual for telepathy. Like I'm communicating a message via my brain, but where do you actually feel that in your body when, when you're participating in that, in your heart? Uh, no deeper. Okay. Uh, so for me, the telepathic communication happens, uh, in my roots that, uh, are actually well below my body connected to someone else's roots the messages are passed and then those messages that i choose to invite in come into my body and then i become aware of them Hmm. so in the unconscious realm choices are made differently i'm not aware of absolutely everything all the time that's in the unconscious realm it would um in my experience, that's what happens with schizophrenia is it shatters the ego. And so all you are is in this soup of cacophony of uh, energy, information, communications. Uh, the ego is actually needed in order to bring that information into human consciousness. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm wrapping my head. However, most of us don't do a lot of ego work either. So most of us have egos that act like tantruming two-year-olds, including my own. My own will sometimes tantrum. Um, In fact, I was just talking to a friend today about a little tantrum my ego was happening. And my experience was my ego's tantruming, but below that, I can feel the magma. And the magma is anger. And so I know my little tantruming ego is actually trying to point me to a much deeper truth that I need to pay attention to. And uh, if I get distracted by the tantruming ego, I won't go deep enough to find out what's up with the magma. And if I give in too much to the ego, I won't find out what that deeper truth is. Um. And so, you know, I talked to my friend and was kind of like, okay, help me figure out how to deal with what my ego is doing right now, because I know it's actually pointing the way uh, for me to descend to, um, to spend some time with something deep within me that is trying to communicate, um, but the ego in the way that it is communicating with me right now is getting in the way. Luckily, uh, my friend has a lot of experience with ego and doing ego work and helping people with that. And uh, I think she said one sentence to me and all of a sudden everything shifted. And I was like, okay, now I'm aligned. I can feel the magma. I got to go drunk. Yeah, it does. um, You know, I I, uh, was speaking to Tate the other day. And uh, I told him a little bit about our conversation the other day. And, um, and he, he said, oh, I'm all too familiar with your tantruming three-year-old, that two-year-old, whatever age I am at that point, that, that like shuts it down. And we were talking through it. And I told him, I said, you know, it, only in the last uh, four or five years really have I been able to, okay, I need to, like, I'm going to have the tantrum. And, but I'm not going to allow the tantrum to stop me from doing something else. It might take me a while to get there and it might, I, I might need to, you know, like 
figure out my process for how that works now that I'm not just going to be like, shut it down and push it away. Um, because I think I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to. For me, for me, a tantruming ego, that's anger. I mean, the ego can do all kinds of stuff. The ego can do inflated stuff. The ego can do uh, pity party stuff. The ego can do lots of stuff. Yeah. For me, when my ego is tantruming, it is a very immature voice trying to bring my attention to a deeper anger that when I get in touch with it, um, actually has tremendous wisdom for me. And anger is, again, you know, we tend to relegate certain emotions as being good emotions and other emotions as being negative emotions. I hear all the time about workshops and events and strategies to rid yourself of negative emotions. And that always scares the crap out of me because what I see happen when people are doing that is they're repressing them. You can't rid yourself of them. We're human. They're part of being human. But you repress them in a way that you get so out of touch with them that uh, they get acted out in very unconscious ways, again, to try to draw your attention to them because they um, they are desperately trying to offer you wisdom. Um, and when you decide that they are negative and should be rid of, uh, you know, think about any time you've been in a conversation with someone where you deeply needed to talk to them about something and they shooed you away or dismissed Mm -hmm. you or minimized Mm -hmm. you. It doesn't tend to quiet you. Uh, even if you withdraw, uh, what happens inside of you is something rages something the volume gets turned up yeah yes yeah um hmm. to me that's actually the love that the darkness gives us is um you know if you're not listening and i know listening to this is the answer to what you've been trying to create or what your soul longs for uh, i'm not going to give up on you i'm just going to speak louder (laughs) yeah i actually think that is an act of love we just don't usually experience it that way because we're trying so hard to repress it or fight it or deny it yeah and it can be painful you know one of the things one of the beautiful things about a yew tree is that um you don't uh they grow out of the center of themselves and push and break things away. So you actually can't really tell how old they are, but it comes from the center. And I don't know why that just struck me, um, but it did with what you were saying. Um, And I've seen. Well, it's, I think it's very uh, energetically, it's very symbolic of shadow realms. It grows from the center you must, uh, to me, uh, it's it's important to go into the shadow realms through your center, center channel. And um, the thing that I know about you trees is they will sometimes appear dead, uh, sometimes for many seasons before they will blossom again. Yep. Um, and so uh, 
things aren't always as they appear is to me often the message of a yew tree. Yeah. Um, and that's also the message of the moon card. It's, it, it is the message of the shadow. Things are not always as they appear. So stop looking, come feel, Yeah. come get to know me in a different way because uh, you will know me different than how I appear when you do. Yes. I'm glad it's much easier for me to say yes than actually complete the task. <laughs> it's always easier to say yes than actually complete the task. <laughs> In fact, if we always knew what the task was going to be, uh, you know, maybe we wouldn't say yes. I mean, that's the... That's the fool card, right? Yeah. He's got to be naive to set off on the journey that he's on because he's on an alchemical journey, which is the yew tree and the cycle of uh, life, death, and rebirth. Uh, if, you know, if he knew <laughs> what was coming, uh, he, he might not walk the wheel. That's true. Bless his little cotton panties. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm feeling undercurrents, so <laughs> just stuff's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, I will say stuff is happening. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's kind of fascinating where I've ended up <laughs> uh, the last few days since we've since we spoke. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I will say. Let me. Let me. Let me say this. It's very easy, and I love. And it's just, I'm sure, some sort of defense mechanism to make light of and make jokes about things um, to alleviate my uncomfortableness, to just be funny, to, you know, the, the, that funny thing about um, the, do you remember the image of the, the tramp? He had kind of like a jester hat on, like in the, in the, that one yeah. deck, the Ked Tarot. And so I kind of feel like that's, uh me at the moment <laughs> but i'm used to doing that but what i'm oh, fuck what i'm being asked to do is not that and and that's uncomfortable well i think that uh you know the jester the joker the trickster those are deeply sacred uh functions uh what i notice is uh when humor is used to actually uh, resist deepening or going into the darkness it tends to look more like addiction um, but I actually think that if when what I see when I see really a sacred gest jester um, or trickster what I see is they've gone into the depths they face the fear they have embraced it they have found love in the darkness and wisdom and guidance 
and uh, part of the jest or the joke is to be able to deliver that message in a way that um, laughter creates an altered state. And so the information from the shadows is all often tension. And uh, what I see really good stand-ups do is they will create in their storytelling or in their sets, uh, or at least storytelling stand-ups, uh, will create tension and use their humor in order to process it or in order to, it's not about making light of it. It's about being able to um, alchemize it really. Yeah. It's low key. Yeah. But the humor isn't used to avoid no. the dissent. The humor is used to deliver the message after one has dissented. <sighs> Yeah, uh, when it's the sacred practice of trickster yeah. or the jester, and to uh, what the vision, the vision I had was it lubricates the water slide so it doesn't hurt as much going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do that. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Well. So it, it sounds like we may have come to the end of this. Oh, episode. it's always to be continued. <laughs> always. Uh, and, uh, and so once again, if uh, you have comments or questions about anything that you've heard in this episode or others, We'd absolutely love it if you got in touch with us and you can find us on Facebook at Web of Resonance or you can also leave a message right here on Anchor. Yes, please do that. Um, we would love to hear from you. And don't forget that um, if you had messages of hope from the last episode that we talked about to leave those two and we were going to maybe try and uh, work out an episode with with all of your comments. Um, just not an episode, but an extra bonus feature. So don't forget about that. And uh, please, please, please reach out if you have questions about anything we've we've talked about today. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you listening so much uh, wherever you're listening and whenever you're listening. Yes. And so uh, have a good week and we look forward to talking to you uh, next week. Yes. Have a good one.